Francine, bringing you more reviews, recaps, and rants on all your favorite K-dramas. This is Drama Buds, an anime podcast. So hello everyone, welcome to today's episode of Drama Buds. Now do you know how hard it is for me to have to stop myself from finishing a K-drama when I'm enjoying it so much? Do you know how rare it is for me to find something like that? And finally, finally it's here. Today I'm going to talk about Daily Dose of Sunshine. And all episodes of this already dropped last November 3. But I had to pace myself and, and tell myself to stop at the midway point so I can put out the first impressions episode first. And I'm saving the second half of that when I have the time and when I deserve to finish that. So basic details on Daily Dose of Sunshine. It has the same PD as All of Us Are Dead. The writers wrote Behind Your Touch, Duty After School, and The Light in Your Eyes. And it stars Spark Boyong, who I've seen in, my god, Strong Woman Dobong soon, way, way, way back then. It also stars Yonu Jin, who I saw a bit in 39 and uh, a bit of Marriage Not Dating. I think I got to episode 2 of that. And it stars Chang Dong Yoon, who I know was in Oasis and Tale of Noctu. And Lee Jong Un, who I've watched in so many things, but I'm sure you know her from Our Blues, The Light in Your Eyes, Juvenile Justice, When the Camellia Blooms. So many, so many dramas. So Daily Dose of Sunshine is about a very compassionate nurse who transfers to the psychiatric ward and learns how to treat patients with mental illnesses. So today's just quick first impressions on the, the first six episodes, what I think it does right and what I'm glad that it did right, and what I'm looking forward to in the coming episodes. As if I need to tell you that the verdict is that I want to finish this. Now, I don't know if I've shared this with everyone yet, but I'm taking my master's in clinical psychology right now. So I'm not saying that to make it seem like I'm an authority on the subject on what good or bad representation looks like. Uh, I'm saying that because this matters to me. Like, I want them to do this well. And that's why initially I was so afraid to check this out because I thought, oh no, K-dramas don't have the best record of taking mental illnesses seriously. You know what I mean? Because they often, you know, go in three directions. One, they could make mental illnesses comedic. Oh, look how silly, funny, and goofy these, you know, people with mental illnesses are. You know, infantilizing them, in a way. Or second, they could be more compassionate. There's a more compassionate approach to that. But it could go so far uh, in the compassionate direction where it's just so depressing. Oh, look at how sad their lives are because they're, they have mental illnesses. Oh, how hopeless. Oh, how depressing. Oh, aren't you happy that you're not like them? You know, I think that that's common. Or the, the one that I hate the most personally is they make mental illnesses scary because, you know, psychopaths and people with schizophrenia, oh, you have no idea what they can do. Like mental wards, psychiatric wards in horror movies, you know how those are portrayed. So I remember seeing uh, the trailer of this, I think, at the start of the year when Netflix was revealing their lineup and I wasn't super excited for it because, yeah, I always carry that fear within me that, oh, are they gonna go in that direction? And like, the title is Daily Dose of Sunshine. Oh, are they gonna go in the toxic positivity direction that, oh, as long as you remain positive and are surrounded by your loved ones, you can get through anything. Like, oh, are we gonna go there? But thankfully, although it has a little bit of each of those as 
a well-balanced show does. Its portrayal of mental illnesses is very grounded in reality. Like, these are very normal situations that could happen to anyone. Of course, because our protagonist is new to the psychiatric ward, you know, there's a bit of uh, discomfort of not understanding what to do, not understanding how to interact with these patients initially. You know, I think that's acceptable given that our protagonist is new to this. But I think in general, it has a very hopeful view on people with mental illnesses. Like we have uh, an illness of the day, you know. First episode was about bipolar disorder. Second episode was social phobia. Third was about panic disorder. Fourth was uh, delusions. Fifth was early onset dementia. And the sixth was about you know insight after psychosis or recovery, returning to society after being in the, the ward. And although they touch on a certain disorder every episode, they don't magically show that, oh, our patient for the day is cured. It, it touches on the issue, shows the manifestations of the symptoms, how it affects both the patients and the nurses, the caretakers, the families. And it gives, you know, a moment of catharsis, a moment where you feel like you made a breakthrough with the patient, but it doesn't magically cure them. Which I think is very important. That yes, we have a case of the day, but they're not magically cured through compassion or through having one moment of connection with someone. I really like that. Another thing I really like about their portrayal in the show is that they show big T traumas. Like when you think of a traumatic incident, you know the big ones. Death of a family member, some sort of assault or abuse. Like you know those big incidents that I'm talking about. Yes, of course, those are very detrimental to someone's mental health. But it also depicts how little T traumas can also cause mental illnesses. Daily abuse, even if it's not big. Like just constantly dealing with that situation. For example, episode 2 was about a patient who developed social phobia because of an abusive boss who made them feel incompetent, who would terrorize them in the office. And they had this feeling that everyone was watching them, waiting for them to mess up. And of course, to other people, I mean, okay, you have a mean boss, you have an abusive boss, uh, you could deal with that. But it shows that that's a very normal incident that can lead to a mental illness. Because we can't decide when something is, you know, big enough or significant enough to be worthy of developing an illness. Like, it can just happen through a repeated instance that the person can't cope with. And that's not a display of weakness on, on the patient's part. It's just something that happens. I'd say basically all of the patients show how society is tough on, you know, on office workers, on mothers, on people who don't have stellar resumes or connections. And other people can handle that weight, sure, but that doesn't mean everyone can carry the same weight the same way. And I also like how this show goes beyond just the disorder, just their experience within the ward and the treatment that they go through with the nurses and doctors. Like episode 6, my I think my favorite episode so far, I, I still can't decide. It's about this patient who uh, Daun, our protagonist, has gotten close to throughout the episodes. And, you know, as we met him, he was... Uh, experiencing a psychotic break like he couldn't see that he was in a mental ward he thought he was in a video game and he was speaking like he was a character in a video game and then in episode 6 we see that his meds started working and he's back to reality and we find out that oh he had this psychotic break because he's been taking the civil service exam again and again and he failed seven times and you know it's just the frustration of this is his only path in life, his only choice. And he's failed so many times. He always feels like he's so close. He's seeing other people pass before him, leaving him behind. And one time, he takes a break and, and plays video games and is accepted by other players without having to pass a test. 
without having to study so hard, without having to do anything. And he just gets obsessed with that game and, yeah, has the psychotic break, feels like he's a character in it, and is sent to the mental ward. And we see that, you know, the goal of treating these patients in the psychiatric ward is to bring them back to a healthy enough state so that they can return to society because they could bring harm to themselves by being out, you know, in the world. And yeah, he meets the criteria to be discharged. But the thing is, even if he's better, even if he's not, you know, actively undergoing psychosis, how can you expect him not to relapse if the situation outside the ward hasn't changed? He has spent months in the ward being treated because he had to. But when he goes out, it's still the same as it was before he went in. He still doesn't have a job. He still has to study for the exam. And the triggers are all still there. Like He recovered from the psychotic episode, but the triggers are all still there. And that was so thought-provoking, you know? Like, what does a recovery system program look like for those kinds of patients? I think that was the heaviest episode so far, episode 6. But still, in general, the show is very, very compassionate to both the patients and the nurses and doctors and caretakers. I mean, we're seeing it through the eyes of Down, of our protagonist. And we're seeing how difficult it is to learn about these disorders and trying to treat them as best as you can while still having your own lives and your own struggles to deal with. I think it's very compassionate and hopeful for the patients who, you know, we want them to recover. And it's also understanding to the caretakers, to the nurses, and to the burnout that they inevitably feel. So aside from the patients and generally the representation of mental disorders, which I'm personally very happy with, though I'd love to hear from others if they have any other takes on that aspect. But I also want to touch on the characters, on the the staff in the hospital and Daun's friends and the people in her life. Because our main protagonist is Jong Daun, Park Boyong's character. And she's, you know, a very kind, overly kind, overly compassionate nurse who goes the extra mile to help patients and to connect with them. And yes, we start with a typical, you know, newbie to the workplace perspective. But that doesn't last very long. She gets the hang of it. And with a character that's very kind, right, and very patient and really wants to do the very, very best, I like how the show rewards her at times for having that attitude. But it also uh, punishes her or teaches her a lesson. And teaches her that she can't keep giving 100% to everyone. She has to save some for herself. And she can't love every patient. She can't be friends with every patient. There are some conditions that are harder for her to understand and to, to cope with, you know, as a caretaker. And she also has to be compassionate to herself in those instances. I like how in episode two, we kind of experienced a... Uh, a reverse missing, where I thought in episode two, is this going to be a bit of a workplace drama, you know, workplace uh, politics, or I guess the dynamics of people working together? Anyway, I said it's reverse missing because usually when we have a newbie to a workplace, it's about forcing them to fit in with the system and punishing them for their personal traits that don't fit in with how everyone else works. That's kind of what happened to Jangure. He had to learn how to belong in the office. But in Daily Dose of Sunshine, yeah, she got into trouble for doing too much with the patient. And yeah, she's initially, you know, reprimanded for that. 
But the head nurse also defended her to her co-workers, saying that we're caretakers. It's not wrong for us to want to do our very best to help these patients. Like, our job matters, and then we do our best because it matters to these people. And so I like that, yeah, in the same breath that she was reprimanded for doing too much, for maybe being a nuisance to her co-workers, she was also praised for having good qualities for someone in this position. Because yeah, not having empathy, not being compassionate, not caring, dismissing the needs of your patients, they're also not great qualities for a nurse. So yeah, I like the balance of reprimanding but also praising her qualities. The show has a very good mix of focusing on Daun as her protagonist and then focusing on the patients and, you know, the mental disorder of the episode. And then we're also focusing on the nurses and the doctors and their lives and the political or the workplace dynamics and also focusing on her friends and the people in her life. Like, there's just a mix of everything and it's it's really well balanced. I feel genuine affection for these characters whenever they get any screen time. Now, is there any romance? Mm, as of episode 6, there's a love triangle with Daun, with Chang Dongyun's character, and with Yeon Woo Jin's character, who are both kind of friends, and Dongyun is best friends or childhood friends with Daun. Meanwhile, uh, Dr. Dong, or Yeon Woo Jin's character, is uh, as a new person who just met her. Anyway, that's a love triangle, and honestly, I'm not that invested in it. I don't care too much. I, I don't know if I got spoiled. You know what? I'll just ignore what I think I know. But yeah, I don't super care about this love triangle. Though honestly, if I had to pick, I would root for Dr. Dong for, for Yonujin's character. Uh, I don't know why. I think I've outgrown friends to lovers. Mm, I think so. And like Jang Dong-yoon had a very uh, Jung-wan of Reply 1988 moment where he's just like, it's always the timing or I shouldn't blame the timing. It was just me, my indecision. Like, I've literally seen this before and whatever, I don't care. <laughs> so yeah, I personally don't care about that. Still love them all as characters and I like that the two guys like each other or were at least friends. However, on the romance aspect, the one I care about more is actually the rich doctor and the poor nurse. <laughs> I don't know, guys. I mean, he's a little pushy. I kind of don't like that he keeps insisting that she justifies herself for rejecting him. Like, yeah, a no is a no. But also the class difference aspect, you know, feeling like you're not lovable or you don't deserve this person. You don't deserve to, to have a relationship because you're poor and you should just be working to, to survive. Um, it's old stuff. It's definitely been done before, but I'm, I'm kind of into it. <laughs> anyway, the verdict is, obviously, I'm finishing this. We'll see if I end up reviewing it. Uh, yeah, I only stopped at episode 6 because if I finished it, I knew I would have to do like a full-blown review episode and I kind of want to give that time super busy right now so I just want to give that enough time to process it but yeah we'll see if I end up giving a full full review so that's it for me today it's kind of weird doing first impressions for a drama that's, you know, completely out there and I'm sure many people finished it over the weekend. But hey, if you haven't or if you've been hesitating to try it for whatever reason, like please, please do. Cry count so far, I think I've cried twice. <laughs> and I really, I like the visuals. Of course, the acting's great. The directing is super creative, very visceral. When they depict what a panic attack 
kind of feels like to someone who's in that situation, you can see it really, really well. Yeah, there's there's no aspect of this that I'm not happy with. I'm happy with everything about this. So far, we'll see if that continues. I'll get back to you. But yeah, that's it for me today. Thank you so much for listening and I will see you soon.